It's playoff time! Big stakes, bigger potato promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to lower the over under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over under on the game. That's right, for every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in featured games helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. So you can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in a featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting, so tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, restrictions apply, max $25 wager, one per customer, offer ends 523-21, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details, gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome to the That's Good Broncos podcast, I'm Brandon Perna, Will Keys out of studio, back in his home, uh, tired AF. His eyes look like he slept very little last night. And this is ironic because I slept basically through the whole night. The first night in, I think, like two months, my baby has slept through the entire night. Uh, also, Will, how many hours did you get, Will? Three? Oh. Four? More, I'd say in between four and six, probably. How many uh, beverages did you have? Who's the, who's to say? Who's counting? <laughs> Who really can tell? <clears throat> you can't tell listening to me, looking at me, really anything. Yes. Um, but yeah, the big, big night at kickball. I subbed in for my sister's team. Needed an extra leg, extra hand in the infield. Um. Fun time, fun time. Uh, we had a problem with the referee. So there's one guy, this one poor bastard uh, who officiates all these games, and he's at home plate, and he like, he's calling a terrible game. Keeps missing calls. Uh, just like he's like foul balls are fair, fair balls are foul. Um, I totally like missed the ball that went right by me down the third baseline. He called it foul. I was like, I'll take it. And then finally, like, he misses this one call that's so obvious in the outfield. And he just, like, he's looking at his phone and then just, like, does this. So he's not even looking when he calls the person out. And everybody just gets on his ass for, like, an inning or two. And he, he fucks up another call. And eventually he shouts out, like, fuck you guys. My daughter just got in a wreck. I'm, I have an, I'm having a family emergency. And everybody just shuts up immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like, 
you can you can leave like yeah <laughs> no just notify game. us like yeah. this this kickball game isn't that important <laughs> you can either you can go like no one will blame you for calling it early you we'll, can take we'll rep our, ourselves yeah, we'll rep we'll ourselves honor system wow. uh anyway no one complained for the rest of the game <laughs> that is interesting yeah but we got the win we got the win will got the win that was uh, what was most important about that situation correct uh, the kickball story is how we open this podcast today. We're going to talk about Tyree Kill not being the greatest deep threat of all time. That's just trending on Twitter right now, so I wanted to briefly touch on that. We're going to go with some Broncos. Uh, better season prediction. I'm talking guys like Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, Bradley Chubb or Von Miller, Patrick Sertain, Sertan, Patrick Sertan or Kyle Fuller. Uh, Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams? We'll uh, make some predictions here. Broncos signed Case Cookus. They add some front office moves, and we will talk about the Deshaun Hamilton release paired with the Jawan James release. The Broncos being under the microscope uh, for the for for the team getting to cut guys who get hurt away from the facility. Uh, so a lot to discuss. Uh, today's episode, though, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings, and they will give you some titillating offers. Also, Will and I are recording this in the morning for the first time in probably a year, which means my, I'm actually drinking my coffee from my coffee company, Benchwarmer Brew, right now. It's undefeated in uh, moral support undefeated in waking your ass up in the morning um you can get that at benchwarmerbrew.com and follow us at the benchwarmer brew twitter account at benchwarmer brew once we get to a thousand followers i'm going to give away some coffee so all you got to do is follow there and you are qualified to win if you're already following you still get a chance to win so don't unfollow and then refollow thinking it's going to help. It's anybody who's following. I'm just how, how are we figuring? Are we going to do ping pong balls like the NBA draft lottery? How's this? Yeah. Work? Yeah. I'll get a whole uh, lottery system built at my, at my house. And yeah. Then do it. That makes sense to me. As soon as the raccoons leave, they're still there. They are still in my attic. <laughs> <laughs> are they on the roof still? Yeah, that bitch was just lurking on the roof last night. I had to go to the grocery store late. Okay, just let's... sitting up there glaring at me. Let's oh. crowdsource this. If you're listening and you have a gun, just um, the raccoon saga lives on. I never heard them out there, so um, good. you might be hallucinating. Your whole family might be hallucinating. Um, no, I did see them once the first time we left the house. The raccoons were never real. This is like Shutter Island. I'm just losing my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tyreek Hill. So I think Pro Football Focus posted a tweet asking, is Tyreek Hill the greatest deep threat of all time? Of course, that's going to be divisive. Of course, people are going to say it's Randy Moss. Um, I, don't really, I don't really care. I think Tyreek Hill's best deep threat in the NFL right now, even though I tweeted out that that was technically uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling last year, who averaged 20.4 yards per reception. 
Uh, didn't have a ton of receptions. Obviously, that's why that's easier. But uh, I think like seven touchdowns maybe. It's still like a really underrated probably season for him having deep balls. More of a testament to Aaron Rodgers. Here's, here's why I hate these things. Tyreek Hill is not done fucking playing football. He's about halfway into his career. So just asking those questions, you're an asshole. You're just being an asshole saying, is he the greatest of all? How can somebody be the greatest of all time if they're not even done with their resume? It's like saying, is Will Keys my greatest writer of all time? I don't know. He's probably going to leave me soon and I'm going to hire probably my top, baby. Probably and maybe five, my baby is. Yeah. There's no way of knowing. Your point is that there's no way of knowing at this point. Yes. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, but it's it's a weird question to throw out there. It's clickbaity. Um, it, it's kind of out of the blue, which is, it's a strange time to ask that question, but we're all searching. We're all like needling around for content. It's like us asking, is Jerry Judy the Broncos' greatest receiver ever? <laughs> like, well, it's possible, I guess. But uh, right now, no. But that's not to say it can't happen. The greatest deep threat of all time is not Tyreek Hill. He might be the greatest DV threat of all time. However, um, <laughs> I, saw, I saw on Twitter people were putting Randy Moss out there. And that seems like it's kind of the stock answer for uh, Twitter-aged yeah. people. And yeah, that, that's probably a um, that's probably a fair answer to that question. Although fair, maybe it kind of bugged me when Randy Moss just like showed no effort at times and yeah, took even like passing plays off. Like he would take off plays where the ball was coming his way. <laughs> Occasionally, he took off that's, entire like that's uh, how good uh, he was. Evens. Imagine right, if he right. tried a hundred. Imagine if he had Jerry Rice's work ethic. Then you would actually be able to talk about Randy Moss being maybe the greatest receiver, second greatest receiver. Uh, I think maybe an underrated guy to talk about here would be Deshaun Jackson, who career averaged more yards per per reception than Randy Moss. Um, And I'm just using that like as a, as a light metric, Uh, obviously, but if you're talking deep threat, you're talking about a guy who's getting big, big yards uh, on single plays. You know what I mean? Uh, I was like trying to look up the receivers all time, like leading yards per reception. And most of them played a long time ago. So it's guys who. Yeah. I mean, the correct answer is probably like Don Hudson from the 1920s. Where was it? I tweeted it out the screenshot I had. Let me tell you the top four guys. Homer Jones, Buddy Dial, Harlan Hill, and then finally a name I knew, Flipper Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Flipper Anderson had the 336-yard game against the Saints. Yep. He was quite the deep threat. Um, yeah, I mean, you see Homer Jones out there. You're pulling your safeties back. You're getting a quick backpedal. Trying to <laughs> even, like, don't even try – jamming him at the line uh yeah I'm, I'm putting jabril peppers like 50 yards beyond the line of scrimmage if i see homer jones out there running a nine route yeah <laughs> homer jones or buddy, or buddy dial for that matter oh buddy 
That's a pretty cool he, name. Invis- he uh, invented the soap and was an NFL player. It's like, fuck, man. That's impressive. <laughs> slippery. That's why he was so slippery. Oh, <laughs> The best tackle breaker of all time. Yes. Uh, Tyreek Hill's been in the NFL for five seasons. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Let him play 10 seasons. Or, he, or like, done, you know. People, I mean, it's the same thing with Tom Brady. His resume is not done. What if Tom Brady goes on to lose five straight Super Bowls? That and he is the reason they lose. Does that change your opinion of him? Yes. Yes, it does. Damn right. That's why it's best to go out on top. And I think because of that, Tyree Kill is the greatest deep threat of all time, and he should prove it by retiring right now. Yeah. If you preserve that yard per reception. Good freaking point. You know who wasn't much of a deep threat? I got to say, Deshaun Hamilton. <laughs> that is He's true. He's not very good at, at tracking deep balls. Not a great deep threat. Maybe not the... Um, maybe never got the targets he deserved. He was weird, like he kind of had a couple decent games where drew lock targeted targeted him a lot. And you're like, Oh yeah, Deshaun Hamilton, maybe, maybe he'll be something. But then the Broncos try to trade him getting close to a deal with the 49ers. And then he tears his ACL training offside, fucks it all up. They wave him. They don't have to pay him exact same thing that happened to Juwan James, both guys injured away from the facility per the new CBA. You can cut guys who are injured, not training at the facility, during the offseason, and you don't have to pay them. Weird thing that the NFLPA allowed to get through with the the CBA. Um, I think now, okay, so this became a big story because everybody's – we talked about this once with Jawan James, and then it re-blew up with Deshaun Hamilton. Um, Hamilton's money was not near what James is – People won't care as much about Hamilton either because he wasn't wasn't like in a place to be a uh, big impact player like Jawan James was supposed to be at right tackle and he didn't get a shit ton shit ton of money. Um, but I think um, the the interesting thing here is <laughs> I am all for it because it helps it puts the Broncos in a better situation to be able to move on from these guys. And I think it's incredibly unfair to cut guys who are training for the job they're supposed to do. So it's, it's weird. And I also, we talked about this before and I've kind of changed my stance on it. I think the players should just show up and fucking work out at the facility when right. they are even voluntary. And I say that to someone who really enjoys working out and exercising. And if I were getting paid to go do it at the Broncos facility, fine. But um, our friend Uche, oh man, I can never say his last name. Uche. It's Uche, like new and Mary. What's that? It's. It's N-W-A-N-E-R-I. That's how you spell it. Nuwa- if people are looking him up. Nuwaneri. Yeah, Uche Nuwaneri. 
uh, very Italian, yeah, Italian name, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, Uche, who was on our clickbait sports episode, played offensive line for the Jags at a very high level for a long time. He brought up a good point, like he, because he tweeted out a, a good video and he tagged me in it. Um, he called the Broncos shady, so Broncos fans didn't watch the video. They just started talking shit to him instead. Uh, but he, like, he blamed the NFLPA for guys getting bad advice to not show up to the voluntary workouts, not making it properly known that if they get injured, they're going to risk losing all of their fucking money. So bad advice from the NFLPA. Um, but the point he brought up was that it, it's impossible for a, a player to not train uh, away from the facility. He's like, players, like they're going to train away from the facility because you're trying to train all the time to stay football ready. And just by virtue of how you live your life during the off season, there's going to be times when you're away and you need to train and so players shouldn't be, you know, um, punished for trying to stay in football shape. Like if a player wants to go on vacation somewhere with his family and he's say there two weeks during the off season and he wants to work out and train there, you want that out of your guy. You trust that guys know how to train their body, but shit can happen sometimes. And yeah, they shouldn't be punished. So this should be something that's fixed. And it's just unfortunate that the two guys that it's happened to that we're hearing about play for the Broncos. I don't think it's bad on the Broncos for cutting ties with Juwan James. It saves them a shit ton of money. And then they bring in two tackles and Bobby Macy and Cam Fleming. And I think Bobby Macy will be an upgrade at the position anyway. So it worked out for us. Sorry, that was a lot to get off uh, my chest. It's a weird issue. We hadn't really dove. We haven't. Uh, jumped into it here so any of your thoughts will or we can move on to something more interesting up to you yeah I mean just kind of quickly it's it was sad for Deshaun Hamilton too because he was on the verge of being traded to the 49ers which I think would have been a really good situation for him I think it worked like, out yeah he would have jumped in and probably taken that Kendrick Bourne type role there and I think yeah. he would have I mean every wide receiver should fit in that offense but um <laughs> a lot of horizontal routes I think would have done him well and yeah it's just strange like what constitutes training away from the facility like if you roll out of bed and uh you know start doing 25 push-ups and carry your rotator cuff is that training away from the facility can they cut you for that right kind of it's strange it's, it's weird and it's like totally a failure on the NFLPA and um in negotiating the new collective bargaining agreement it was just it, it was just a total misstep and they usually get fleeced in these things and um it's kind of, it's right it's pretty obvious now that they they really screwed this up so yeah you know, this is kind of on them the other thing that's unfortunate well i guess okay the unfortunate thing is Broncos fans don't care that Juwan James is gone because Broncos fans feel like they got ripped off based on his injury and then the opt-out yeah. and then the local media saying his injury wasn't that bad and he could have actually played through it, which I think is like a dangerous thing to speculate on. Like you, nobody, nobody yeah, knows know. how injured somebody really is. Like 
just because say the Broncos trainers say he, he can play through it. Doesn't make, doesn't mean that's right. (laughs) Just because former players who played through terrible injuries and have that weird, crazy pain tolerance. Like we know more about how to treat and handle bodies. Now it's like, it's just not something you should judge. Uh, But because he was such a bust, we are okay with it. But that's being said, like if he was, if, if Jawan James played the last two seasons, full seasons for the Broncos, was a really good right tackle, guess what? The Broncos would have paid him. They would have said, like, we think maybe you can get back in December. Um, we want you on the roster still because you're a contributor. It's be like this is only going to hurt guys who are in a in in a year of their contract where they're making more money than they're worth or they're like fringe players like it's not going to screw over the guys who are going to have roster spots and uh you know are going to make the team or are star players it's it's the guys who are on the fringe so that's the other shitty thing about it it's going to disproportionately affect probably the guys who typically need the money the most yeah i was going to say like on the subject of not knowing how injured someone is. Remember the 2010 NFC Championship game when uh, the Packers were playing the Bears? Jake Cutler got hurt, and there was this huge shitstorm when the cameras cut to him, and he's just kind of hanging out in his big jacket and, like, not really talking to anyone on the sideline. And then we found out uh, he sprained his MCL, so (laughs) it would have been pretty hard to get back out there. I mean, you know, not not everybody's Phillip Rivers, so um, (laughs) – I don't know about the Jawan James injury. Uh, both are, yeah. both things are possible. Like it could have been worse than we thought. It could have been not as bad. I, I don't know. The point is, yeah, people are probably right to think that they got ripped off, even though it's uh, you know, it's 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 not our money. Um, anyway, yeah, I like the two tackle signings too. Just to touch on that, um, I think when the right tackle position's been as um, volatile for a team as it's been for the Broncos. I think why not just sign two? Why not double your chances? Let's sign, let's sign a third while we're at it. They, they, yeah, they've got Cal, uh, Calvin Anderson on the roster, Bobby Macy, Cam Fleming. And then they added some guy named Cody Conway today or not today, but this week. So that's, yeah. And they got uh, the Pope guy from Green Bay too. They released him. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. They waived Ryan Pope. Um, they add Cody Conway, tackle out of Syracuse. So they're going to have some depth there. <clears throat> um, they should be better at right tackle this year, is, is my guess. Because, like, nobody's – like, Bobby Macy, under the radar – experienced guy knows how to play it's not like this big hyped up thing like we found our right tackle because it's not it's why i think they might have found their right tackle <laughs> yeah i mean before the James most the radar like watson moves. so right right they're in the same situation last year and they got kind of an under the radar experienced guy demar dotson he turned out to be pretty good yeah yeah dotson was dotson was fine 
I, I, I just, yeah, I like the experience and the value. They got great value for those guys. Like Cam Fleming is not a great right tackle, but if he's got to fill in for Bobby Macy for a little bit, they'll be okay. All right, we will get to our better season comparisons um, in a minute here. But first, but first, it is playoff time. Well, big stakes, bigger promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. Drafting Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right, for every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in the featured game helps to lower the games over under. The best part is that even the, as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. To hammer that over. <laughs> For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by a point. So this is your chance to, so this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting. So tell your friends and your family, all of your family, even the family that you don't like, that this is a team effort. Hammer the over, improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends 523.21. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You got to tell your family. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't even talk to his family. He told them. Yeah. You know, I had, you know I had to work in one, one Aaron Rodgers mention. What you should do is tell your family you're going to place the bets for them and have them send you all the money and then just say you lost and then you keep yeah. the money. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, the ethical way to do things. Ethical thing. Okay. We're going to get to our better season comparisons. Uh, I just got to mention the Broncos signed quarterback Case Cookus. Case Cookus. Uh, who played for the Arizona Lumberjacks, 105 Northern touchdowns. Arizona. Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona yeah, Lumberjacks. Yeah, it snows up there. Wow. Wow. Dropping some Great. timber in Northern Arizona. 105 touchdown passes in college, just 21 picks. Lock, uh, Drew Locke almost nailed that those picks last season. So <laughs> safe like with the ball. Creation. 12,000 passing yards in college. The Giants signed him last year as an undrafted uh, free agent, waived him before the season. So he's basically competing with Brett Rippon to be that third quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers and Teddy Bridgewater. And we'll see. I love the name Cookus. I'm rooting for him to rise up the, uh, the depth charts. Um, just thought we should mention that they signed a guy named Cookus. I think he's also the first number uh, 15 quarterback that we've had since Tebow. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I think that is the case here. I like Case Cookus to win the Broncos exactly one playoff game. That would be nice. I'd like <laughs> Broncos to win exactly one playoff game. I'd like them to play in one. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, also, 
The Broncos have hired Kelly Klein to be the executive director of football operations. She is just 33 years old. So three years younger than me, far more successful. Uh, This is big move for the Broncos. They also bring in Roman Pfeiffer, former Patriot wins two Super Bowls with the Patriots as a, as a linebacker. So I don't know if we can actually trust Roman Pfeiffer. Anytime you bring in ex-Pats to Denver, it seems like a spy job to me. But uh, these are both George Payton hires. Kelly Klein, uh, obviously a big hiring because she is a woman. Um, and I know that's a big deal because when I saw the name... Broncos hire Kelly Klein. I assumed it was a guy. And then uh, I saw a picture. I was like, oh, that's that's not a dude named Kelly. That's a, a woman named Kelly. And it is, I think, a good thing to see a front office that is uh, hiring someone who has worked her ass off in a male-dominated sport and field nine years with the Vikings in their scouting department. Um, and uh, based on everything I read, a lot of people are excited about this hiring, nothing but like good things to say. And I read an article about her and part of her motivation to work so hard. It came from her, uh, her father. It was also really cool to see like the Vikings organization and the support that they gave her. But uh, I started thinking about this, like, this is going to get my sappy, like, dad moment with, like, my, my baby daughter. But, like, her dad motivated her. Uh, he was, like, strict, but it was just about, like, hard work, but also tried to instill, like, whatever dreams she had and she wanted to achieve, she could do it. And I think, like, a woman rising this high in the, the NFL ranks through, like, the, the process that, um, like scouts have to go through to get there starting as like an intern and going through the, like the scouting round. Uh, it's just like evidence that you can. And I love it. And it's in a weird little way, tried to motivate. It motivated me to try and be a better dad for my daughter. And uh, I don't know. I just, I thought a lot about it and I normally wouldn't have. <laughs> and it's because I have a, a daughter now that you start to let that shit actually like sink in like before it's like oh yeah this is a good thing like we want this sort of progress but now it actually feels like it means something to me personally in a weird way does that make sense well i would spin a woman's accomplishment and make it about yourself exactly very, a, a very male thing to do right <laughs> i have a huge problem with this high oh good no nah, i'm just kidding um i thought you were gonna give me a, a nugget like she uh she uh, worked for Tom Brady or she <laughs> did something. Uh, here's my actual problem with this hire is she's 33 and got this job after working nine years in the scouting department. So if I want the same job at age 33, I'm 24. I have to start now. Yeah. That's not going to happen. So I don't have a problem. Like I'm not anti-woman. I am anti-young people getting <laughs> good jobs because it makes me feel bad about myself. Yeah, I saw that she was younger than me too. And I was like, God dang. I uh 
What it really should I be trying harder at? <laughs> what should I try harder at? Um, what I do, what I do like is okay. So George Payton starting to put his stamp on the Broncos front office and how they're going to build their roster. And so, you know, we knew this would happen. And these are two people that we will forget about pretty soon. Um, Kelly yeah. Klein and Roman Pfeiffer. We're not going to be talking about them in one week, two weeks, but every now and then, just like, you know, John Elway had, uh, yeah. See, I already forgot John Elway's guys, Matt, something, Matt Russell, Matt Russell and, there's the other guy, his drinking I mean, you, and driving buddies. Right, yeah. Ideally, you don't want to hear about them because usually it's something like a DUI. Yeah, or it's like your uh, your roster is failing. You're like not putting a good roster. Yeah, you're like, who did this? Who's responsible for this? <laughs> yeah, um, but they're going to be shaping the team. Like uh, executive director of football operations and senior personnel exec. Those are like big positions. They're going to be important, so... Um, not sexy things to talk about, but, uh, yeah, these are, this is George Payton's crew. So we'll see how that shapes out. Okay. What I wanted to talk about with Will with mini camp starting, oh God, it was nice to see Von Miller back out there. He looked happy. He looked excited. And, uh, it, it got my tummy fluttering when I saw him. I'm like, oh, I did miss Vaughn. I really did miss Vaughn on the field. So there's, there's some good players on this roster. Packers fans will argue that the Broncos don't have a better roster for Aaron Rodgers. I would say I disagree. So I wanted to talk about some of the guys who are going to be competing for better seasons. First position, and it's not a battle, but it's, we'll just call it a battle. First position battle for Will and I better season Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. You want me to start? I'm going with Jerry Judy. Okay. Ooh, I'm taking Judy. Yeah. I, I think another year in the offense, another year of chemistry with Drew Locke is going to do them a lot of good. I just like guys that get open and Sutton is, is a great contested catch kind of guy. Judy's always going to win. I think at the top of the route. And if you watch him most of the time, he, he does like, get some separation. It's just a matter of the ball getting there, or Drew Locke knowing where he's going to be. And another thing, too, is obviously Cortland Sutton coming off the injury. So that's why uh, that's why I take Jerry Judy. I think he's going to emerge as 1B to Sutton's 1A in the offense. Very good. Very good argument. Yeah, I think Jerry Judy could prove to be maybe top three wide receivers in terms of route running and just putting dudes on skates. Like we saw him do that last year consistently. The problem was one drops two inconsistency Mm -hmm. from even just the ball getting there. So you're right. Once the, if the chemistry dials in with the quarterback, there is, I think Judy has the potential to make like the biggest leap from year one to two, but I think, and I think he's going to look better early in the season because Cortland Sutton's coming back from that knee injury, but I am so excited to see Sutton. I mean, I was excited to see what he could do last year, but I just want to see him 
play a full season healthy. And I think once that knee gets under him, it kind of like what we saw with Bradley Chubb. Once he gets used to it, I think by the end of the season, Sutton's going to have the better year and he's going to be like, he's just built to be the guy you target in the, the red zone. He's built to be a deep threat and even like turning, you know, those short hitch routes or bubble screens or whatever, like I just like his athleticism. So I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton, better season bounce back year after the knee injury. Plus he suffered it early, very early last year. So sure. it should be good to go. It should I feel like a couple weeks, a couple weeks in, especially if Aaron Rodgers is in town, have mercy. Actually, yeah, I don't I know. Think... Aaron Rodgers, he might, Jerry Judy might benefit more from Aaron Rodgers because. Yeah, I, I think Cortland Sutton is like a great tool for a kind of iffy quarterback because he's going to bail you out of some bad throws and some yeah. contested plays. But Judy is like. Devontae That's a wide Adams. receiver you want to pair. Yeah, like like Adams. You want to pair with a with a great timing quarterback. Yeah. Like Adams has everyone's respect because he shakes defenders because of the way he runs routes. Like yeah. that Judy's similar to that. So yeah. Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers is here, then you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, I think ben- if, yeah, one more thing. I I'd like if you put Judy and Rodgers together, I think like it's a little bit like Devontae Adams. It's like an upgraded version of Rogers to Greg Jennings, in my opinion. Oh, I can do like that. Really, mm. really shifty. Okay. So that through your head. That's All what right. I'm hearing. Better season. And I think this one's tough. Bradley Chubb or Von Miller? Yeah, I've been tossing this one around. I'm going to go be Bradley. hard for Bradley Chubb to have a better season in Green Bay. <laughs> he might. Um, if he is in Green Bay, then he is, um, who they have like Preston Smith and who's the other guy, the other Darius. That's suddenly a really good, um, <laughs> that's a triple threat. Rush. I yeah. think Chubb had more, more pressures than Zadarius Smith last year. I'll try to, I'll effort that right now. But. Yeah. And we should, um, also note that the team leader in sacks last year was not Bradley Chubb. It was not Shelby Harris or Draymond Jones or any of those guys. It was Malik Reed. That's right. We keep forgetting about no. Malik Reed. I think Malik Reed's going to have the no. – uh, I think it's going to be Chubb if he's on the roster. Uh, again, Von Miller sort of coming back from an injury. I wouldn't really make that the reason why he doesn't lead the team in sacks, though, because he was almost ready to come back at the end of last year. So I think he's going to be totally 100% ready to go. I just think Chubb, a year removed from uh, his injury, I think he's going to be like 150%. And, um, yeah, yeah, when you have those two guys out there, you can't double-team both of them. You can't necessarily chip both of them. I think if you're in offense, you'll probably game plan around stopping Von Miller. I think Bradley Chubb gets a little more productive of that. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Von Miller, obviously. Uh, you've left me no choice. But I actually think I think it's going to be Von Miller. And I think Bradley Chubb, last season was weird in that like, he didn't have a ton of sacks, right? So that's what, when everybody's talking about edge rushers, you just look at the sack total and you're like, oh yeah, Bradley Chubb had seven and a half, eight sacks. But he was tied 
seventh for pressures, um, just behind Joey Bosa, ahead of Zadarius Smith. Now, how you judge pressures, it's a little tricky, but uh, the second half of the season, it felt like he was in the backfield disrupting plays quite a bit. And you forget that, like, you stop like stop watching the Broncos for a while. You just start to forget those things. Um, so I think he had an underrated season. But I think we all felt yeah. that, like, Von Miller was really primed for a big year last year. Like, he was ready for a come – like, I, not even a comeback, but just to improve – Another year with Fangio, like it was. He's, he's going to remind everybody who he was. Exactly. Then he gets hurt, and so now it feels like that story is just doubly true. Like, yeah, I, I just want to say I, I'm banning you from any other team's podcasts before the oh, season. Oh yeah, I will not podcast. You will not in get August. on any Titans <laughs> podcast. I no podcasts for no you. No podcast. Less than this one. Yeah. We can't. Yeah, we can't risk it again. Yeah, it just it feels like a guy of Miller's caliber not taking any additional sort of like wear and tear of an NFL season. Like, I feel like he'll be very fresh because of that. Um, and by him not playing last year, by the Broncos just not being good the year before, I think there's like, I think him and the Fangio defense, there just should be some big things. And I think it won't just be, you know, edge rushing. Um, mm -hmm. Like even, I think Chubb was in coverage more than normal <laughs> than you, you'd expect last year, but I make, I'm predicting a big year for Von Miller stays healthy. I think he gets over that 10 sack total again. He's in the like 13 or 14 sack range. It's just people are like, oh, yeah, this dude was it's like uh, all pro territory. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I want to see. Um, I want to see an interception out of Von Miller again. Yeah. I oh, like you know, you know, know who had the most pressures last year? Who's that? Shaq Barrett. That makes sense. Yeah, Jack freaking Barrett. Yeah, and, I think he probably had half of those in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he was also uh, he was in coverage the tenth most. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about right, a so dude Jack just... Barrett's the best player in the NFL. We've decided. Yep, Shaq Barrett's we've the heard. best player we've ever seen. Yes, but it was Tom Brady and Tom Brady alone who won them that Super Bowl. Yep. 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 Okay. Better season. Patrick Sertan or Kyle Fuller? I'm going to go with Kyle Fuller. I just think he's going to get more playing time early in the season. So, uh, yeah, I like his familiarity with the offense. He doesn't really have to learn anything. Sertan, I think they'll ease him in. Because you got to remember, it's not just Sertan and Fuller. You got Fuller, Callahan, Ron Darby, Michael O.J. Mudia, who's in his second year in the offense or defense. And then you got Sertan. And Sertan's got to, you know, he's got to figure out where he fits. They'll make him fit because he's the ninth overall pick. But um, I don't think he's going to get as many snaps early on. Also, I just like Kyle Fuller as a 
ball hawk, kind of the takeaway guy. And I think that's what this this defense has lacked a, a real ball hawk recently. It's it's really just Justin Simmons and kind of no one else. I think Patrick Sertan is going to have a – well, see, corners are tricky, right? It's kind of like edge rusher. Right, yeah. There's a lot of things. Be quiet. Like Champ Bailey's – Maybe Champ Bailey's best season wasn't even his 10-pick season. It was like the season they just refused to throw to his side of the his side of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sertan's going to look better because you're going to be right. Like I think he will have probably fewer snaps early, but I think he's going to emerge as a guy you want on the field all the time. And I think Fuller's going to look very good early, which is why opposing defenses are going to just stay away from him. And they're going to challenge Patrick Sertain, rookie. They think they can get away with it. And I think he'll finish the season with more interceptions than Fuller um, because he's going to be targeted more. He's going to be challenged more. And he's going to make us feel like the Broncos made the right decision in not uh, drafting Justin Fields. He's gonna have a shit ton of fucking interceptions. So, uh, and I think a big one's gonna come against the Chiefs. Prediction now: Patrick Sertan ends the Broncos' losing streak to the Chiefs with a walk-off interception pick-six against his father's own team. Yep, exactly. That's why I picked him. I like it. I like it. Um. I think there's a chance you might be right. I, I like the theory that they're going to try to challenge him and he's going to win. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what they did against OJ Moody last year. And he was in position for a couple of picks. I mean, people forget. He had an interception against the Titans week one that got unjustly called back. And then he dropped that, that big Ben interception week two. I think the entire season changes if he catches that, that pass from big Ben. Probably. I think total like a sliding doors moment. I think we're talking about a 12 and four team. And then he dropped another one after that, right? Yeah. <laughs> 12 yeah. And four. The whole team was dropping everything is yeah, yeah. I guess the, one of the themes of the season. Dropping balls, dropping tendons, Achilles. Yeah. I think OJ Mudia is a, a sleeper player. Like yeah. a guy who really, my biggest issue with with him was tackling he just tackled like an idiot sometimes like just not even trying to wrap like he was he's a he's but he, a but he shoulder did, thrower like he wants but he to didn't, like the, hit. the ball out twice against the raiders in the last game yeah he's a i think he's going to be a player it's just like corners a hard position to learn very hard he was the second hardest yeah he's a mid-round like pick right uh so it's not like people are it's not like he was coming out of college expected to be a a number one corner but he was thrown into the starting mix right away so yeah he's got that uh hard season under his belt and he's got potential to be very good and he doesn't have to play a lot this year assuming like all the broncos corners stay healthy he can really take another year to grow and if the broncos believe in him when all of these corners become free agents next year, it's like, oh, we've got this guy. We're not in that bad of a position. So we'll see. All right, final better season. I think this one might be the most interesting. Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams? I think Melvin Gordon gets most of the touches 
in the first half of the season. And then Javante Williams takes over second half of the season because he's playing so much better. Javante Williams has the better overall season. Yeah, I feel like it's it's going to be exactly the way we kind of looked at Lindsey and Gordon where, uh, you know, one of them kind of has – like Lindsay would come in and break off a run. You're just like, why aren't we giving the ball to Lindsay more? Gordon's going to get those carries. Javante Williams going to come in and he's going to flash because he's fresh. I'm like, man, he just needs more carries. And you're right. I think I agree with you. Gordon first half of the season going to look solid. Uh, hopefully he protects the ball. If he protects the ball well, then maybe he has a full, very good season. Um, but I feel like the Broncos are going to want to get Williams carries. You don't trade up for a guy that you're not going to want to use. It doesn't matter like that. They're paying Melvin Gordon, a lot of money. Um, like people think that people think like just because Melvin Gordon is making a lot of money, he's got to get his carries. Like that's no coach is like, Oh, what's his, how much is he making? Who, how, how do we dish out the carries for the next Gordon needs 12 carries this half to earn that paycheck. Like it's going to be like, who has the hot hand, how quickly Williams kind of picks up a uh, pass pro and whatever, you know, shit you want your running back to do, but there's a chance, like there's a chance Williams could be the number one back very early. I don't think so because you and I both think Melvin Gordon's a very good running back. Um, and I, I would love that if they were both good, that you can put either guy in the game at any point. Like that was the issue yeah. with Lindsay. Like there's certain situations yeah. you didn't want him in the game, but if Williams is uh, good in pass pro and he's good at catching the, the ball out of the backfield, then it doesn't matter. You can have either guy in fourth down, third down, first or second down. And I just want that. I want both options whenever I want them both to be like 900 yard backs with six touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, each couple passing touchdowns. But, uh, I'm going to, I'll put my chips in Williams basket. Yeah. So I just think it's very obvious that George Payton is trying to replicate a lot of the things that worked in Minnesota and, He's just he's trying to pick Dalvin Cook again with Javante Williams. Yeah. Because they took Dalvin Cook, who's like a first round caliber running back. But obviously, I think if you can get a running back in the second round, sometimes that's that's like really good value too, because teams are so uh hesitant to pick them in the first round, which like, you know, they probably should, depending on which part of the first round. Um, so they got Dalvin Cook at pick forty one. You get Javante Williams at pick 36. They're just similar dudes. Like Dalvin Cook, 5'10", 210 pounds. Javante Williams, 5'10", 220 pounds. They're both out of the ACC. Kind of similar running styles. Uh, both number 33 for what it's worth. <laughs> so I I trust him uh, picking running backs, and I think he knows what he likes, and that that is very appealing to me. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, Williams, not a ton of carries in college. Like this guy has got miles left on his legs. So uh, anybody I missed on better season, I was going to say like, uh, does uh, Quinn Miners beat out Cushionberry for starting center, but we'll hold the belly hype for 
maybe later. Um, yeah, we'll save the center talk. Um, let's see. Brandon McManus versus Brandon McManus. Who do you think <laughs> your job? Brandon McManus, player representative, or Brandon McManus, kicker? Who has the better yeah. season? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to go with the kicker. Right now, I think the player representatives are in a tough spot. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're, <laughs> I think they're uh, racking up quite the deficit currently. Yeah. Well, um, we did it. We did a podcast, talked about the Broncos. We made uh, it. There's, you know, there's a lot of little things happening, but uh, it's nice to actually see mini camp. Um, like, I don't get too excited about watching guys practice, but we didn't have that last year at this time. So it just feels yeah. like a little bit more normal again, which is cool. <laughs> um, I like seeing the photos from training camp. I love all of Ryan Green's, Quinn Miner's videos. Uh, it just feels normal. It feels like, oh shit, they're getting an off season in. Less excuses if they're bad this year. Um, and more chances that they'll be good because they're actually working right now. Yeah, we so haven't much, even talked about Drew Locke. Like, so much fun stuff to take away from those like little snippets. Like Drew Locke, like, he's in the Peyton Manning shotgun stance now. So, so there it is. That's it's so much fun to see like six second clips and turn them into an hour's worth of content. (laughs) It's just good. It's just good to see the dudes working out again. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for guys getting to know each other in mini camps. Like a little bit of that chemistry builds. Obviously, that every team's doing that. It's happening. It's not an advantage for the Broncos. But it's how you start to build those things. And all the teams were sort of robbed of that last year, except for the Buccaneers, of course, who violated all of the rules and had their own mini camps anyway under Tom Brady, Brady's guidance. And now he's saying players and teams shouldn't do it. Um, hmm. Hmm. Should you trust that idiot? I don't think so, guys. Makes you think. Anyway, um, that's it. We're going to get out of here. Good night. Uh, and John Elway didn't play with an ACL. Good luck. It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger potato promotions. It's time to hammer the over and score some cash. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to lower the over under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over under on the game. That's right, for every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in featured games helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. So you can double your money by hammering the over. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in a featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting, so tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, restrictions apply. 
Max, $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends 523.21. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.